If, if I could just introduce everyone to Mr. Amir Davis, the man in the golden pants. You ready for tonight? I, um, I get the privilege and the honor to bring you um, just an, uh, what Jesus has deposited in, in me. And it's, it's an honor to use my gifts to serve you all. Um, how cool was worship, though? I, I, I could have stayed in that. My man was playing a, uh, a wooden box. <laughs> well, I, I've never seen that before, but it, it sounded so awesome. Um, when Pastor Monty asked me to preach uh, about six weeks ago, I was excited. But there's pros and cons to preaching every six weeks, right? Uh, the pros is that you get to really prepare. The con is that you over-prepare. So I... Um, you read, you listen to sermons, you, 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 uh, you study, you, you, you draw all these inspirations from God's creation, and then you have to take all of that six weeks of studying and turn it into 30 minutes. So Pastor Monty told me I can preach for two hours tonight. Is that, that's, that's cool with y'all? We at nine o'clock, we be out of here. Just <laughs> no, I ain't going to do that to y'all. I ain't going to do that to y'all. Um, The, uh, actually, before we get into the text, I just want to do a sort of a framing of, so we are, we are in chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians 5 and 6, and uh, Paul calls us our uh, Christ ambassadors, and that's something that we, we don't quite understand. I mean, I think we kind of understand the, the duties sort of of an ambassador, but the way that an ambassador is culturalized so that it affects his or her thinking and her, his or her behavior. I'm, I'm not sure if we quite understand that. So let's do a, sort of a, a history recap. One of the most powerful empires that we've seen affect our, and shape our world today is the Roman Empire. And while they weren't the first to employ this strategy, they were extremely effective. And there was a part of their strategy that was effective because no matter what they did, they remained close to the identity of the Roman Empire. And so what they would do is they would go into these territories and they would claim it as their own. And we tend to focus on the brutality of it. Uh, we are entertained by, we have shows, we have uh, movies that focuses on the brutality of that conquering um, empire. But it was also underneath that, we peel back the layers, it was strategic. It was intentional. And what they would do is, they would go into these, these, these territories, they would identify those folks who had influence, who had trust, um, who folks looked to, and they would bring them back to Rome. And they would go through a, a culturalization process. So these people, who they called their ambassadors, they would spend significant resources and time teaching them the Roman way. How does Rome think about economics? How does Rome think about, how does the government work? How does, uh, what does it mean to be an ambassador? What does it mean to be a part of the Roman Empire? What is, what is Rome's philosophy on education, on medicine, even the cuisine? Even down to the languages would change. So they would take these people, these ambassadors, and they will take them and culturalize them into the Roman Empire and send them back out. And their job was to go back into those native territories, and they were to preach the goodness about being a part of the kingdom. 
They were not only to teach and to preach, but they were actually to affect and implement the Roman territory in that ter- in their particular in the Roman Empire in their territory. So you will see infrastructure change. You will see language change. You will see God's change. You will see culture change, cuisine. You will see a more authentic and explicit reflection of the Roman Empire. Part of their job also was to show that, hey, these are the benefits of being a son and daughter of the king in Rome. They also were, were charged with, with changing the narrative. We are not slaves to the king, but we are sons and daughters, precious commodities to our king. These people had great, great influence and a great job. And what made the Roman Empire way more effective than its predecessor, the Greek, Alexander the Great, what made them the most effective, and you need to get this, is that they remained connected to the source. So they under, they, the Roman Empire understood that when these ambassadors would go to their native country, that they were still a part of a, 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 a territory that wasn't yet fully reconciled back to the Roman Empire. And they would absorb some of those things that were not meant for the Roman Empire. So they would bring them back and reculturalize them and then send them back out. When Paul calls us his ambassadors, and call, Paul calls us the Christ's ambassadors, what he's saying to us that everything within our being is subjected to the God's kingdom. He's also telling us that we have the power, the keys to the kingdom to change the territories around us. We also have the mandate to do that. We are not subject to the mandates that the enemy puts on us living in this broken realm. But we are free, sons and daughters, not captives anymore. So now let's dive into, so let's dive into 2 Corinthians 5.11. And if you don't mind, we can stand for the word. We ain't going to do too much standing, I promise. 2 Corinthians 5.11, it says in uh, English Standard Version, Therefore, knowing the fear of God, of the Lord, we persuade others, but what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also in your conscience. Down to verse 17. Therefore, if anyone in Christ is a new creation, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And in this from God, who through Jesus reconciled himself to himself and gave his ministry of reconciliation, that is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, now counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on the behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God, for our sake, he made him the sin. He made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Go ahead and have a seat. So this this method of bringing forth the kingdom through ambassadors, through empowered sons and daughters, is a strategy that. In Jesus' time, everyone understood. So when Jesus was talking to his disciples at Caesarea Philippi in Matthew 16, and he said, upon this rock I should build my church, 
He, they knew exactly what he was saying. It was not the, the church, the, the church, but the ecclesia, as Pastor Monte has taught us, the called out sent community, the apostolic house full of ambassadors, full of sons and daughters. And he was preaching in the hub of idol worship, the hub of superstition, the hub where they, where they, uh, they worship fear. He was preaching in his open area so, so that it wasn't a church, an insular place that was a subculture, but it was a place that can well out and freely speak the gospel to all. When he was saying to him, I'm giving you the keys, saying to you as an ambassador, I give you the keys to the kingdom so that the gates of hell cannot prevail against you. That was him giving us, his sons and daughters, the power to shape environments around us. The, not only just the mandate, but the power to do it in, in Jesus' name. It was not a call to build these subculture insular institutions. And they knew that. We contextualize that in our today's society. But the Ecclesias is sent, called people, purpose for God. So we pull up this kind of understanding what an ambassador is, because again, in our culture, I'm not sure we quite understand what it means to be an ambassador, but let's, let's really dive into what is the nature and the duty of an ambassador. First and foremost, an ambassador, by faith, calls Jesus the Messiah and recognizes Jesus as the as source. So when Peter, when Jesus asked Peter, who do you say, who do you say I am? And Peter said, I call you the Messiah. What he was saying is, you are the physical representation of God's kingdom here. You are the physical representation, the visible of the invisible. In our lives, who is our source? In this broken realm that tells us our source, our credit, our affections, our worship needs to be directed either to ourselves or to something other than God, who is our, our source? And we we, we demonstrate our faith in the source by what we constantly go to. What do you go to? In an environment that is designed to not prove Jesus' majesty, to tear down his environment, to tear down his kingdom, we as ambassadors must elevate Jesus, must present Jesus. So an ambassador by faith, calls Jesus the Messiah and recognizes Jesus as his source, even when the environment tells us not to. An ambassador, as well, is an adopted son and daughter. So going back to the Roman Empire, their, again, their mandate was to change the mindsets of their, their community. So they were no longer captives no longer conquered people, but sons and daughters. What they were doing was reconciling. That spirit of reconciliation, that mandate of reconciliation was upon the ambassadors. And they were to go back to their lands, go back to their domains of society, go back to the education field, go back to the infrastructure field, go back to the farming field, and to reclaim that back for, the, for Jesus. That was their mandate. So an ambassador is an adopted son or daughter, not a slave, not a captive. Let's understand, let's unpack what does it mean to be a son or a daughter of Christ. Galatians 4. 
verse 47. But when the fullness of time has come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoptions as son. But because you are sons, God sent his spirit of the son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you're no longer slaves, but a son. And if a son, then an heir to God. The spirit of adoption give us that ambassador status. What does it mean to ambassador? It means everywhere you tread, you are representing the kingdom. Everywhere you tread, you are representing the king. Everywhere you tread, you have the power of the kingdom. You have the power of the king. It means that God's temple and God's spirit dwells in us. And if we are a son, how many of us are parents? Right? We, we correct our sons and daughters, correct? It's good. So if we are a son or a daughter of, of God, of Christ, then we look at trials differently. We look at trials differently. We, we see that the trials are actually meant to perfect us. We, we, we see the trials are actually meant to, to change our characters to be more conformed to what Christ has designed for us. If we are a son, then we allow the Holy Spirit to heal us, reconcile us back to God's intentions, his original design for us, and to maximize our use. I love what Paul said in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty eight when he says, and let me, let me make sure I go there so I don't get this, uh, get this wrong. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty eight. he said, let a person examine himself and then so eat of the bread. I love that word examine because it's, uh, I'm not even going to try to attempt to say it, but it's a, a Greek word. And it's D-I-A. It's where we get dia. That's sort of, that's the prefix there. It's where we get the words diagnostic, uh, diagnosis. All right. Anybody ever try to self-diagnose? You go on WebMD, you're like, I got a cold. I got sneezing. So according to WebMD, we about to die. Just like, Lord Jesus. But to do a proper diagnosis, we need an instrument that, go, that goes beyond our expertise, goes beyond our human capacity, our human lens. For us as sons and daughters, that, that instrument, that, that thing, that spirit that dwells in us, to bring forth that, make visible those things that are not for us is the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to examine you, to prune you, to perfect you. I think it's so dope that, Pat, that uh, Paul used that word, examine. I'm not even going to try to say the Greek translation. I love that. Then he, go, he breaks down, he says in verse 29, for anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. If you are to take these keys, it is something that's required of you. If you are to take this mantle as a son and daughter and start freeing captives, if you are to walk out that mandate, then it's required that you go through trials. It's required that you be perfected as his son, as his daughter. It's required that you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit to allow that to happen. Uh, I love this word that Paul used for, for discerning. It's, um, it's to a thorough examination, right? Like, it's what 
Now, in that time, they would have known what that word really meant because you, you usually use that word when you're trying to discern the authenticity of a coin. Right? So I got, I got some, a demonstration. So this is, this is a gold coin. Come on, by faith, it's a gold coin. That's, gold coin's expensive now. Shoot. I called today to try to buy a gold coin. It's like 400 I was like, no. Mm-mm. I thought it was going to be about $60 or something like that. So this is a gold coin. And the, there, by, it, it, is, it is precious because it is a rare commodity. It is a workmanship. It is completely aligned to what the creator designed it to be. And it's actually is more valuable because it's God's creation or God's material with, combined with human ingenuity. So once human hand touches this gold piece, it becomes exponentially more valuable. It, beca- it begins to appreciate. And if you collect enough of these, again, these are gold coins, not a quarter, it's a gold coin. You now have the resources to affect the world around you. You now have the resources to build a legacy that affects people that goes go, your, your preceding generations. But it's precious. This is an inauthentic, counterfeit gold coin. Let's say it's gold-plated. Right. There's a, a, a lot of attention paid to this coin to make it look like it's authentic, to make it look like it's completely aligned to the creator's design, to make it pass off as valuable, but there's something different about this. If you look at the anatomic structure of this gold coin, you will see, of this counterfeit gold coin, you will see that it's made of iron, nickel, so not something that is quite as precious as the gold. And there's a test that it needs to go to go through to understand it. Just by the human naked eye, there's no difference between this coin and this coin. But the test that it needs to go through is a magnet test. It's just, this represents a magnet. Again, the counterfeit coin made of iron, made of nickel, anatomically different. The, the inside, the things that we can't see inside of this coin makes it so that if I were to make it contact with this magnet that represents sin, the traces of sin, the mindsets, the perceptions, the pursuits, the appetites that we have. When I make it come in contact with that coin, it sticks. An inauthentic workmanship loves, holds on to these doctrines that are not designed for us. An inauthentic workmanship, an inauthentic coin, Nothing that has of, that's not quite as valuable as the real thing. It doesn't, it, when it comes in contact with that sin, it holds on to it. Come in contact, come in contact with the authentic coin. Slides right off. It's not to say that you don't come in contact with it, but it doesn't stick with you. So when we allow the Holy Spirit to, to, to prune us, to bring to surface those things, those things that we can't quite see on an anatomic molecular level, those things that we can't quite see on the surface, we allow that Holy Spirit to purify us so that we are his workmanship, his treasure. Not a captive, not a slave, but a son, a precious son, 
designed, purposed, valuable, able to leave a legacy, able to do community with other gold coins. And together, we build a, a tremendous legacy that can shape environments. Son and daughter, an ambassador. An ambassador does not shun those trials. It is our delight to go. That's what Romans 5 says. That is our joy to go through these trials because we know that's the perfecting of our character. To bring us more in line with what God has for us. So an ambassador is, let's recap, an ambassador is one who has faith, by faith identifies Jesus as the Messiah, recognizes that Jesus is his source, recognizes that he is an adopted son or daughter, and, and thirdly, an ambassador is one whose hope is in Jesus. If we look at 2 Corinthians 6, 4 through 8, let's just look at that again. I'm sorry, 2. No, yeah, 6, 4, and 8. Hold on. Get there. By his servant and God, we commend ourselves in every way be, by great endurance and affliction, hardship, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless. Man, I don't want to be. Come on. You want me to be a son of daughter of Christ? I got to go through all this? That. Kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, but truthful speech and the power of God with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left. Through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise. We are treated as impostors, yet are true. If you are a son, an ambassador, and a daughter, an ambassador, your hope is in Jesus. Psalm 62, 5, it says, O Lord, uh, for God alone, O my soul, wait. I wait in silence, for my hope is in you. Your soul, in that sense, is the word nefesh, N-E-F-H-E-S-H. I can say Hebrew words more than I can say Greek words. Nefesh. It is your, not just the, the breath that God breathes, breathes in you. It is the, your, your, your soul houses your appetites, your passions, your emotions, your, your, the things that you pursue. If your soul is, is rested in God, your appetites, your passions, all of that, all of those anatomic, those things that you can't see, those things that, that, um, uh, Dictate your behavior are all resting in the Lord. Your hope also rests in God. Your hope, we know, we understand what hope is. But in Psalm 62, it uses the word kavah, K, sorry, Q, A, V, A, H, kavah. Some scholars said it's, it's sort of a depiction of braiding or, de, or twisting or the stretching like an elastic. So when we have that tension of living in a realm that's not quite reconciled back to God's kingdom, we, our hope allows us to stretch and endure and twist and rest in God. That's good. Hope allows us to endure the tensions as God's plan for reconciliation unfolds. As an ambassador, our hope, our soul is knitted to God. As an ambassador, it is our duty 
we not we not only have the duty to reconcile, but we have the power to reconcile. We have been purposed in this day and age to be effective. God created us to be his children and represent him on earth and implement his kingdom in the visible realm. I love what uh what God said in in, in Hebrews eleven. He's he's talking about um that he purposed us to change this day and age right now. And, and sort of the depiction is like a, he, he, furn- he uses us as furniture, so to speak, to furnish this, this actual age, to build his apostolic houses, his ecclesia. So I got a quick story. So when, when Amber and I were, were first dating, I, uh, I was living a bachelor life for real. I didn't have no, I didn't have no furniture in my house. I had a bed and a television, and that was it, and, a, and an ironing board. That's all I need. That's all I'm good now, right? And I saw no shame. I, you know, I invited her over. I'm like, yeah, we sitting on the floor. What's the problem? <laughs> you know, in her sweet little way, she was to say, you know, the, the floor, you know, it's not very comfortable. I said, I've been living on my own at that point for about seven, eight years. I was cool with not having any furniture, but if I were to move into the next step, I had to actually, you know, get some furniture. So we, um, she made me go get a couch. And I had been living without a couch for so long, I didn't even know how to see it. And we got to the furniture store, and I was like, can I get a couch? And he's like, what's that? <laughs> a, ca- a couch. It's like, you mean a couch? Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that. that. <laughs> so we went from sitting on the floor on this box right here. To actually sitting on a couch, which was cool. We're like, oh, that's comfy. I got, you know, I like that. It's, it's it's good to have furniture, right? It's, it's really good to have furniture. So I'm, you know, I'm one morning I'm I'm sitting on my couch and my new couch, and and I'm and I'm eating I'm eating my cereal, and I'm like, you know, it'd be really nice to have a, a you know one of those things that you put stuff on. What's that called? A table. There it is. Yeah. I, I didn't even know what that was, right? Like, what is that? So I, um, when we got married, we ended up, we, get, we, got it, we moved into our place together, and we got a, t- uh, a, a, a table. That's what they call it? A table. I got a table. And um, so before, before, what I used to do is have my, um, I would have my ironing board as a table. <laughs> so I'll be sitting on my couch. <laughs> it's, it's, it's too high. I don't know. That's, that's not good furniture. Now, come on. That's, I'll be sitting there. Come on. So we got the table. I was good. I was level now. I was like, oh, okay, this is what it means to have furniture, house. And, you know, just makes it work. To me. Okay, good. So we got a house. I mean, we got, a, we got a, 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 a couch. I started pronouncing it correctly. We got a table. We got some chairs. And, um, I, you know, I felt really proud of myself, and I, now I can invite people over to do community, right? Um, couldn't before. Uh, the point of that story is, it's good to have a furnished house, and and it's a lot of us want to be t- the television, the most you know probably the most valuable thing in the house because everybody's looking at it, offers a lot of entertainment, but how many of us? would be okay if God designed us to be the broom. Super essential. You can't walk on a dirty floor. But nobody thinks about the broom. 
Right? A lot of us are, 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 are telling because the world tells us we need to be seen. We need to be that most valuable thing. They define what the value is. We need, we need, to, we need to be entertained. We need to be the television. A house full of television, that's boring. You can't do community like that. That's not a fully, fully furnished home. But a house with a table, a couch. What else it is? I don't even know. <laughs> television. <laughs> I, I come. I got people in my house. I'm like, yeah, listen, you know, this I got a little end table right here. is is Swedish, you know. It, it's come from a custom made IKEA. That's what it come from. I, that's custom made. That we only got that. <laughs> I don't even. I don't know anything about furniture. But it makes. What does God designed you to be? Even when it doesn't bring you glory, and it brings Him glory, as an ambassador. I'm, I'm whatever God is telling me to be. Because I've been reconciled back to his house, back to his family. Amen? Amen. I'm going to close. Don't worry, we out. We got to be out soon. As an ambassador is our duty, we not only have the duty to reconcile, but the power to free captives. To recon- and, and captives is, is not just individual people, but it's whole domains. Free captives in your school, free captives in your home, free captives in your neighborhood. That's what it means to be that clay, that porous clay, and just leak out everywhere. Thank you, Pat. That was from Pastor. I didn't didn't say leak out. An ambassador also understands what was lost. Genesis 3 tells us what was lost. What, What did God originally design us to be? And it's originally designed us to live. You read chapter 3 of Genesis, it tells you what was lost when the introduction of sin. Relationships with God were lost. Relationships with others were severely damaged. Relationships with our environment was destroyed. Not just our earth, but our society. That was destroyed as well. We, we have been called as ambassadors to reclaim that back and reconcile that back to the kingdom of heaven. So how do I live out my ambassadorship? I've been given these keys to reconcile, given these keys to bring forth God's ecclesia, God's kingdom here, as his ecclesia, as his ambassador. First and foremost, you got to return back to the source. Remember what made the Roman Empire effective is that they called those ambassadors back to the source. Go to the Father's voice daily. And what that looks like is you're not just going to, okay, I feel sad today. So I'm going to go to my concordance, my concordance, and I'm going to see, okay, look up sadness, and uh, I got to find a scripture on sadness. No, no, no. And that, that's good because you, you need that foundation. But what it looks like is I'm going, the Holy Spirit, bring forth those things that I cannot see. I, allow these words to interpret me, to come alive for me. Bring forth those things on the anatomic structure that I cannot see that need to be reconciled back to you. Return to the source. Allow the word to interpret you. An ambassador learns about and prays for local and foreign affairs. God has equipped us He's called us, he's perfected us to be the solutions, not just in our local communities, but all around. 
pray for those solutions. Pray for those that God purposes you and gives you the resources to be a well of generosity. Present Jesus where you're planted. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you have purposed us to be in deep relationship with you, that you have reclaimed us to be your sons, your daughters. Thank you, God, that you have purposed us, that you've created us to be effective in this day and age right now. We submit our will to your will. Conform us, Father, not just in our bodies and our behaviors, but in our mindsets, our perceptions, and our entire nature is conformed back to you. Your relationship with Jesus allows you to establish the kingdom on earth in his name. You need to have that relationship with Jesus first and foremost. Thank you, Father God. With all minds clear, all eyes closed, all heads bowed. If you want to take that first step to receive the king's kingdom, keys to his kingdom, that first step is to have a relationship with Jesus. If you like to have a relationship with Jesus, to know Jesus, then Jesus knows you. Just simply slip up your hand. No one's looking. It's you and him. He knows your heart. Return to his, your, your creator. Return to your source. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God, for purposing us, for knowing us. In your name, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.